Being a non-conformist is like swimming against the current. It's challenging, it's exhausting and can be scary at times. But just as a fish that swims against the current can discover new territory and find its own path, a non-conformist can break free from the constraints of tradition and create something truly unique and powerful. As Adam Grant writes in his book, Originals, non-conformists are the ones who drive progress and create change in the world. They're the ones who challenge the status quo, question authority and refuse to settle for the way things are. But being a non-conformist isn't easy. It means going against the grain, facing criticism and resistance and taking risks that others might shy away from. And yet, it's only by embracing our non-conformity that we can truly unlock our full potential and make a meaningful impact on the world. In this podcast, I'll be sharing my own experiences as a non-conformist and talking to some incredible guests who have harnessed their own non-conformity to achieve great things. We'll explore the challenges and rewards of being original and look at how we can all tap into our own unique perspectives and talents to create a more innovative, dynamic and inclusive world. So if you're ready to challenge the status quo, break free from the mold and embrace your own non-conformity, then join me with this exciting podcast, The In With The Outsiders. It's time to unleash your inner original and make a difference in this world. Well, welcome back and now we are going to touch on sweat lodges which is something else that Kerry and Beatrix does now I don't know much about it so I thought let's have a quick conversation about sweat lodges to understand that it just it seems very intense to be honest and yeah I don't know much so without further ado back in studio we've got Beatrix from Spay and we've got Kerry James and they are going to zap zap us through this Sweat Lodges, what is it all about? What is the origins um, for this? Um, is it something different? Um, and just give us a little bit more context why people do it. Okay. So, uh, hi, guys. So, thank you, Carmen. Yeah, I, you know, Sweat Lodge is a very interesting process. Again, it's a very ancient process. It's been practiced for many, many years and, again, by multiple cultures. The lineage that, that I personally follow and the teachings that I follow I think, you know, as a facilitator, you have to, you have to have a, a, a connection and a kindred spirit in terms of the lineage that you follow. And for me, mine is the Red Path, the Native American uh, traditional sweat lodge. And uh, it's a very, very beautiful, very, very powerful process. The easiest way to think of a sweat lodge is almost like a sauna, right? Like you go to the gym, you're going to go into a, a, a room where you're going to be, um, it's going to be very, very hot and you're going to be sweating. Now, why are you doing that? You're doing that from a physical perspective. You're doing that to, to release impurities out of your body, uh, to heal your body, to cleanse your body. Okay. After maybe a workout or before a workout, depending what it is. In exactly the same way, a sweat lodge does that. So it's about cleansing. It's about spiritual purification. A lot of the times a sweat lodge is referred to as a pur- purification lodge. Um, and it's about purifying your body. It's about purifying your mind. It's about purifying your soul. Uh, it's very, very powerful. It's very, very deep. And the trick is the hotter it gets, the more powerful it is. So as I said, Native American traditions, it's uh, generally speaking, it's a, it's a four or five round process. You'll see, you'll see some of the facilitators will typically stop at about four rounds. Some will take you into the fifth round. And even the five rounds, some facilitators will add rocks in the fifth round and some facilitators won't. Um, so it just depends on, on their approach. So 
Yeah, I think Carrie explained it really nicely, and I can just add this. So I see a sweat lodge as sort of in the process of alchemy, it is purification. So you need to purify, you need to transmute energies before you enter that next phase of growth or before you get more enlightened. So I like to see or use the sweat lodge as such. You go in there, you have intentions of things that you maybe want to overcome, things you want to understand, you want to gain deeper insights into your being, into the spiritual realms to get those answers. Um, and, of course, you want to transmute certain energies in your life, most of us at times. So you take all of that into this lodge. Uh, like Harry said, it's similar to a, um, a sauna, but it's also very different because you go in there with these intentions and also, it's not a matter of you should just be going in and out. You go in with a pretty solid expectation that you're going to stay for all the rounds, although you are allowed to leave if you have to. And then it gets really deep and dark in there. So it's the ground is normally covered in some grass and a lot of soil. Um, it's a very tight space. People are very close to each other. Um, you have these hot rocks from nature coming in. You have um, different medicines, depending on the shaman, you know, on top of the rocks, you have other energies very, very close to you, and you're all going in with this very intense, intense intention of breaking through, of healing, of finding answers, of seeing your ancestors sometimes, you know, oftentimes. Um, so it's a very intense experience that you share together with other people. And then the purpose at the end, or the payoff at the end is you come out, it's like you rebirthed. And um, you come out with new insights, new understandings that you never even thought before existed in your realm of beingness. So this is interesting because um, we, we had an interview with um, Shay Janoski, who's a Reiki master medicine woman. And we were talking about this whole preparation of your psychedelic journey. And the psychedelic journey is to, to you know, to have this inner journey and understand why you're here, what is your purpose and to connect um, to, to your, your reason for being here, whatever that, that might be. What I am getting from Sweat Lodge um, is that it's pretty similar. It's, it's like a different form of experience to access that higher self, that, um, that person that you want to connect with from a soul perspective and a soul purpose, because we, we're seeing this underground movement, um, quite a lot happening with people where they really want to connect to themselves. Um, it's, it's always been an outward journey. What does the world think about me? How can I have this? And how can I have the most expensive car? And now people are going, the world is too chaotic out there. I really want to, to go, come back and introspect. Who am I? Why am I here? What is my purpose? And, and many times what I'm, what I'm starting to see, because most of the time people speak about this after they've done it. Um, it's not speaking about it before they do it. It's when they finish that experience where they start sharing it. And it's, it's almost like a by word of mouth culture where people say, I, you know, you must try this. I've done this. This is how it's changed my life and kind of gets that movement. It's like a, a fire catch, uh, catching wind. You know, it's like, it's, it's really, um, fa fascinating for me to watch. The reason I'm, I'm interested about this approach is, I mean, it must be intense if you're having this experience and I'm, uh, you know, as you mentioned, you're sitting, 
and you probably are seeing your ancestors or you are hallucinating or you are so deep in a trance um from from connecting or and and also you know breath work and all of that kind of stuff um i think what um shay mentioned before is the holotropic breath work and all of that kind of stuff how you can go into a certain state just by doing that so when your your breath work is almost limited inside that tent it's obvious that people would set off and you would also have the medicine and all of that kind of stuff. Is it traumatic for other people to also be integrated into other people's experiences? I mean, is it, I mean, I'm just thinking for myself, um, as an empath, um, I pick up on other people's energies quite a lot and it's, uh, it can be, um, very hectic for me sometimes. Um, how would that impact me? Um, if I might ask, maybe you have an answer. I don't know if I would know or you would know, but maybe you have the answer. So, so, um, Karen, uh, Carmen, thank you for that. I mean, you know, it's, it is a very deep process. Um, there's like with any process, a lot comes from the briefing. So letting people know in advance what they can expect, because generally, uh, so there's a lot of people that would have done a sweat lodge and will come back and repeat it because they know the benefits of it and they know, um, what they got from it and they want to go deeper. Okay, same with, with psychedelics and plant medicine. Um, you, you've, you've had an experience and you want to go deeper and do more work in that, in that area. Um, and at the same token, there are a number of people that have never sweated before and they're kind of what we would call sweat virgins, right? So they're, they're coming to a sweat for the first time and it's important that they, they're briefed correctly and that they understand exactly what the experience is going to be. So that's the first thing. The second thing is, again, there's huge responsibility placed on the facilitator here because it can, it can be done. It can be dangerous if it's not managed correctly. Um, you know, it's a closed space. It's dark. Uh, there's a lot of, there's tremendous heat. You can't see anything. Um, somebody might be freaking out next to you. You might be freaking out. So, and I say all these things because not, not to make people fearful of it, but to make people aware. Okay. And it's only when you're aware as an individual and, and the possibilities and the risks that you can consider this and you can research this for yourself. Then when you're working with a facilitator who understands this and who's, who's done a number of sweats and who's aware of what the individuals are, uh, would possibly go through to explain this. Now, yes, there is an opportunity, a potential that you might have a shared experience with someone else, but generally speaking, it's about an inward inner process. So you're going in. Yes, you're going to maybe, you know, there's, Maybe some of, some of the sweats can get up to like 30 people in a sweat. It can, you know, just depending on the size of it and depending on uh, how many people are, are allowed in. Uh, but even so, you might hear somebody breathing next to you. You might all be breathing. There's also a lot of times where you're, where you're chanting together. There's facilitator chanting where you're all chanting or you're all singing a particular song. If you, if you're familiar, you, you know, maybe half of the, of the people in the sweat will be singing the song because they know the words. Other people might just be, humming along or, or beating along or shaking a shaker or drumming a drum. So they're participating. So there's that's where there's a shared experience. But even through all of that, it's it's a personal, deep inner experience. So even as an empath, um, it's not that you're going to pick up on someone else's energies. It's about remaining focused on your own. You can, and I think that's also an important thing. It's like, why are you going in? Why are you going to do this? Because if you're going in to kind of watch what other people are, what other experiences people are having, then you've kind of missed the, missed the, the purpose of it. You're going in there to do your own inner work. Um, and you're going to go deep. Uh, it, and it's also going to depend on where you are on, you know, on your, on your purpose and on your journey. You know, you could come out, you could go in there as a, as a first time sweater and, 
and, and have the most insane deep experience. And just as, you know, someone who's done sweats many times, you might go in there and go, well, oh, wow, that wasn't like as intense an experience. But what's so beautiful is that you always have the experience you were supposed to. The, the people that are there with you in that sweat are always the people that are supposed to be with you. It's just amazing how the universe always aligns perfectly like that. Yeah, um, I'd like to add something there um, on the shared experience side. So I think there's a few things that you can do to also make sure that you protect yourself, especially if you know that you are an empath. The one is if you're going in with a friend or a partner, Set the intention, both of you beforehand, that it's about an individual journey because you definitely do not want to get caught up in someone else's journey in there or what you think is their journey. It can, it'll drive you crazy. So what we do, me and Kerry, when we go in together, we normally sit on different ends of the, of the lodge so that we like separated by some distance so that we don't have that urge to start caretaking um, for each other. Um, as with medicine, plant medicine as well, the facilitator will normally tell you like, don't worry about the other person. Don't tell, ask me to give the other person a tissue or something. Take care of your own journey. So you really have to set that intention. And then there's another layer to it, if you have time for that, is when you are in a group, in a um, sweat lodge with a very powerful um, energy. So I think we told you about this um, before this interview, but we were called to do a sweat lodge with 12 Sangoma ladies from South Africa, me and Kerry. And on that day, I experienced inner sweat because it is so spiritual, because it's such a close space and we're all calling in these energies. This can become very tangible and very real. I mean, I'm not a very vocal person. I'm pretty quiet in ceremony as well. I only speak when I really need to. And on that day, I found that the energies in that sweat were so intense and so so powerful and strong that I found myself knowing that I had to become vocal and scream and bring out that inner lioness um, just in order to, to hold the space for my energy because the other energies were so big. And I just knew I had to do that to keep myself healthy and safe. So you can also just trust your higher being that you will know how to protect yourself from anything that's, you know, not feeling good in the moment. And that's me out. It fascinates me, um, you know, what's going through my mind, um, you know, I, I, I was raised quite um, in a staunch Afrikaans religion, I don't know if you can relate, you know, the first thing that we learn is like, oh, this sounds demonic, um, and, you know, that's the road that we take, and I mean, like, you know, when you talk about calling in energies, you know, people might think, oh my gosh, what if somebody else calls in some negative force or something um you know you're talking sangomas and you know there is a cliche around um sangomas not that i'm um you know for or against or anything like that um but you know how how did, i mean when you go into the sacred um the sacred journey how how are this the, the space protected um in that regard sorry i'm asking these questions i'm just curious no this is no. This is a, a very important question, and I, and I think we must also just talk about what a sweat is because there can be this assumption that we everybody that's listening knows what we're talking about. So we can talk about that as well. Um, very important question, Carmen, because energy um, is 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 powerful, right? Good and you know we talk about yin and yang. We talk about light and dark, and you know good and evil, and all these connotations and all these things. And let's be let's be honest here. We know that there are there are there are powers that are for the good, and there are powers that are for the for the bad. 
okay, across the planet. Um, people doing good work, light workers, and, and then there are dark workers. So again, it's all about intention. And I guess, you know, if you, if you want, if you chose to align yourself with, you know, with, with kind of a, a, a different type of energy and, and that's what you, what resonated to and that's what you wanted to play with, I'm sure you could go and look for that. Uh, but as facilitators ourselves and, and doing sweat work and, and, and doing the work that we do, we definitely position ourselves in terms of light working. Uh, about bringing in the positive and the right energies and everything again from an intentional perspective is 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 such so for example when a sweat and and also you know it depends what we're called to do and which sweats we're called to work with because you know deep native american tradition and belief is that a sweat will be built in a particular place in a particular location and will only be facilitated by that uh, sweat facilitator no one else will be allowed to use it. Um, it. You won't have other facilitators coming in, swapping it. So it kind of goes down to that level even. Then there'll be sweats that are maybe set up in, in a spiritual healing environments or uh, retreat spaces or whatever it is that then can be used by multiple facilitators. But then when the facilitator arrives, they will do their own cleansing. So they'll clear out the energies. Um, a lot of times you'll find that there'll be very, very strong plants and crystals that will be built around it. So the, you know, the positioning of, of the sweat. So there are four different directions, east, west, north, and south. And each direction that the door is placed at has a very, very different intention. So one of the things we do when we build a sweat is we'll face the door to the east. That's the rising sun. And that's about bringing in rebirth. It's about bringing in life. It's, you know, all of those sorts of things. So that, that already is an intention. You'll find that you might have, uh, San Pedro's growing around the entire sweat. There'll be crystals around the sweat, like big, uh, quartz, rose quartz crystals for love and, and all of these sorts of things. Also, what's, what the, the sweat is made out of, the type of wood, um, the cloth that's put over it is also a big intention as well. And then before you even start, before even people arrive, you're going to go there and you're going to smudge the sweat. So you're going to use certain um, peppers or sage or uh, any other kind of smudge bundles, maybe an, um, a palo santo, and you're going to go and you're going to clean that entire area. You're going to clean inside. You're going to clean outside. You're going to clean where the spirit line was. You're going to clean where the fire pit is, all of those sorts of things. So already that's a whole thing around clearing the space. Then when you when you call the sweat into being, you're going to call uh, all of the right energies from the various directions, from the four directions. You're going to call on the on the ancestors, and you're going to call on the light workers and the ancestral light workers and light beings to then come in to assist and guide the process. So very very important. And then as individuals, you know, you might be initiated into having your own spirit animal uh, or your own spirit guide that you will then bring into your sweat with you. Another thing to bear in mind is you might bring your own crystals your own jewelry. Now, obviously, with the sweat getting hot, we don't recommend things like any metals or rings or things like that because we say rather leave that outside so it doesn't get too warm. But you might have your own crystals. Uh, one of the things that I do when I go into a sweat is I wear my own medicine bundle. So that keeps me and that gives me my protection and keeps any kind of like, you know, sticky energies away from me that I don't want. And obviously, those are sorts of things that we recommend to other people that are coming into the sweat. So there's, there's a long briefing. And then each person that comes up to the sweat they get smudged beforehand before they go in. There's a particular way to walk around the sweat and then how we enter. So we get down on our hands and knees. We'll put our forehead on the ground. We'll announce ourselves. We'll give thanks to the universe. And then we will enter and, and find our place that we'll seat. The rocks that we use as well. I mean, typically we'll use dolomite rocks. The rocks get used once. 
ideally the rocks come from the from the location from that particular site uh, where the sweat is going to happen so that you know it's indigenous to that space and then um, from there we would then you know invite the rocks in uh, also the preparation a big thing so we normally would would cook in inverted commas the rocks or, or heat the rocks for between three to five hours we make this huge big we dig a hole make a huge big fire uh, we put the rocks in we then build a fire over it and we keep the fire burning so if it's an evening sweat we'll burn the rocks through the day if it's a morning sweat we'll burn the rocks through the early hours of the morning uh, for between three four hours uh, the fire keeper is obviously very very important in that process um, and then then the sweat would start Beatrix are people tired when they've done this experience? I mean, afterwards, I mean, would you be exhausted or rejuvenated? What is the feeling when you've gone through this? Thank you. Now I've got a chance to practice. So that's a really good question. I've experienced it in different ways. So always when you leave, when I leave the sweat, there is this feeling of immense relief because from going in, being in this tiny space where I normally walk out look like, looking like a mud person because you're just looking for some kind of coolness. And the coolest cool is at the bottom of the floor when you stick your face into the ground. So you walk out looking like a mud person, but you just don't even care. You just go lay on the grass or on the sand or wherever and just breathe <laughs> in the fresh air. So the first feeling and sensation is relief and freedom. Okay, so that's it. And then once you've like absorbed all the fresh air that you can and you feel like a human being again, then you probably want to just shower off and get yourself clean. And then after that, it's like this amazing stillness comes over you. It's like you share selectively. You just kind of walk into the day with a whole new perspective. And I normally feel quite clean. I feel a kind of inner energy bubbling up as my as your energy centers are activated, you know, in this process. And then the rest of the day is kind of just this calm, grounded, somewhat tired, but very satisfied energy. I hope that explains it. But you will be somewhat like tired. My inner child. Yeah. <sighs> I, I think my inner child will be a released. <laughs> yeah, when you talk mud. <laughs> you're yeah, like, you walk out there. It's like you've got... Uh, mud in your hair you've got leaves in your hair oh and you just feel like goodness. you just feel so free that's basically the feeling it's it's very very i will beautiful. definitely wear a duke <laughs> <laughs> my blonde hair will go brown <laughs> i want to go to yeah? sweat now Kiri? it's definitely a rebirthing process um it's it's amazing because what happens is and there's definitely a difference between a morning sweat and an and a and a, and a evening sweat they're, they're different intentions different energies but what's so amazing is that it is so hot in there and what happens is it's a progressive layering of heat so the first round everybody goes in there's no rocks you're sitting and you're waiting the the the, the sweat pourer will call for the first set of rocks generally it's between five to seven what we call tunkers they're these big dolomite rocks and they come into the space and initially you can't see it but they're glowing red so these seven hot rocks come in the door gets closed and as that gets closed we make sure we clear up or close up any little spots where there might be light coming in through the sweat so now it's pitch black and the immediate tension that you have is on these hot rocks and they're just glowing and they're like glowing from the inside out so it looks like volcanic rock 
And then it just, and there's just, you feel this immediate heat that just comes off the rocks. And so we go through these layers and these levels. And there's, like I said to you, there's between four and five levels. And each time that the door is opened, new rocks are introduced and then the door is closed. And the heat intensifies and increases. Now, as Beatrix was saying earlier, what happens is between rounds, you can exit. All right. If you feel you need to exit during a round, and you and you call door and you say please I need to get out the facilitator will give you like generally the rule is the facilitator will give you one will kind of push you say look just I know you want to leave the round is almost over just wait a little bit and then you can sit and wait and go inward and if you're able to sit it out perfect the door opens and then you can go out then you come back in and then so we go now some facilitators will be quite strict they'll say look if you go out you don't come back in because now you've broken the you've broken the, the energy and now you stay out. Some facilitators will say you can go and you can come back in. Irrespective of how the facilitator runs, this is to now the, the person in the sweat. If you can sit through all five rounds and not leave and sit through that intensity, as that intensity goes, because as the door opens, there's a little bit of relief already because cool air comes in, new rocks come in, bottles of water will come in, you'll drink some water, the bottles will go out, the door will close, and now you feel this heat. And as you're wanting to leave, now you start chanting and you start singing because this is where you're pushing through. This is where you're breaking boundaries. So you're going, I want to leave. Your head is saying, get out. Your heart is saying, get out. And this is where you now have to go within. And you're like, I have to now push through this pain, push through this heat, push through this discomfort. And it's through the pushing through of that, that's where the breakthroughs come through. Next round, door opens, new rocks come in, door closes, and now you're going deeper. And then the fourth round, same thing. And then finally the fifth round. So by the time you emerge, because what one of the key things is when you when you leave the sweat, you leave the way you came in in the same order, but you crawl out. And a very very important instruction is that people tend to want to stand up straight away, and that that's dangerous because you can fall over. So the important thing is to crawl out and go and find. And you would have in advance you would have made a a, a place for yourself to lay down, and maybe you've got your your towel or a blanket or your um, yoga mat would have been positioned somewhere outside the sweat so when you come out you crawl out and you literally just collapse onto your onto your yoga mat and it's like wow. Beatrix says it's just this it's almost like this orgasmic release of just energy that you've just let go of because it's this the significance is is a rebirth so it's been so intense that you've been in this womb because the, this, the sweat is the womb of mother earth you're in this womb and you're, you're going through all these processes and, 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 and all these things are happening that when you come out, you're now reborn and you're born into this freshness. There's this, there's almost this euphoria. So whilst in one way you can feel tired, in a massively other way, you're so rejuvenated and so refreshed and so energized. So beautiful. It sounds incredible. It does sound, um, uh, like it's a, it's a very much a chosen path and a chosen journey for somebody to take. It's really opened up my eyes um, to, understand, to understand it better. I want to close off um, with a final question um, just to briefly understand what is the safety measures in this regard and have you had any incidents? You know, I think it's important for people also just to, to know that they are in safe hands should they decide that they um, want to do this with you. Yeah, so I think it starts with making sure that the structure of the sweat is built correctly. That's the very first thing. So it has to be solid, it has to be stable so that there won't be any incidents. That goes without saying almost. The second is to make sure that you use the right 
the correct rocks. So we use dolomite rocks, nothing else. Make sure the rocks are only used once because otherwise they may become um, soft and they may break so that those can cause injuries. Then apart from that, practical things like make sure that there's no smoke, so there's no um, leaves or pieces of grass that makes their way onto the rocks because that can cause a smoke and the smoke in the confined space is not healthy for lungs, so we avoid anything like that. And then if there are people that are very fearful and you can pick it up beforehand, you just make sure that they sit close to the door. So if there's any like kind of emergency situation that looks like it may be developing, you can quickly de-escalate it by moving a person outside, by also making sure you have a support person outside that if someone is going through something traumatic in their own minds, they escort it outside quickly and they are taken care of on the outside so that you can just keep this calm, connected space inside. Because like I said, with the fireworks as well, the moment there's chaos, then panic develops and that's how things go wrong. But thankfully, we haven't had anything... You, we've always had things go very smoothly for us. Terry? Yeah, so thanks, Beatrix. I think, you know, it, it's exactly that. Also, one of the, one of the coolest things to, to be aware of, because until you've actually experienced it, uh, you don't realize how quickly you can de-escalate uh, stress in your own being. So when you're sitting in the sweat, you obviously want to be comfortable. You are going to be near other people. It gets very hot and heat rises. So one of the things is you're going to feel your eyes get quite hot. So just simply your eyes are closed most of the time, but you'll feel your eyelids are getting so hot it feels like your eyeballs might melt, literally. And all you simply do is you put your hands over your eyes, and that, that's one thing that helps. Immediately you, you de-escalate any, any uh, worry. The second thing is if you can't handle the heat, rather than leave, just simply lay down, lower your being. Uh, I find even for me, like when I'm in a sweat that is really, really hot and I, I, I just feel like I, I, I can't anymore, I will then lay down and I'll, I'll even go into a fetal position. And it's so beautiful because now you're on this, this earth that's cool. You're, the heat has risen. You're below the heat and you can continue to breathe and you can continue to stay in the sweat and continue to stay in the energy. So that's also a very, very um, good technique and it's something that we always recommend to people. And I guess finally, like, it's important to know that the sweat is built correctly, not only that the wood and the structure and all those sorts of things, but the way it's built. Because one of the important reasons or the, one of the important factors of how a sweat should be set up is in the event that there's any danger, whether it be a fire breaks out or there's smoke or whatever it is, we would simply just shout, stand up. And everybody would stand up and the sweat would lift out of the ground. And we could chuck it over or get it off us and we could get out of that so um, and most people don't aren't aware of that but that is one of the things that must always be ensured that a sweat when built correctly is is done as such well this is very fascinating very interesting and definitely if this is something that you're interested in and participating in um or there's retreats that actually do sweat lodges and firewalking do listen to the previous episode it is worthwhile to reach out to Kerry and Beatrix um they've been doing this for years they travel around the world to facilitate these amazing journeys that help people to to find their inner journey and to express their freedom and find freedom in some shape or form and um you know if you have any questions reach out to them on the links below cheers